0: Welcome back to train to win the podcast produced for the association for talent development, Houston chapter, inspiring talent development professionals to achieve their full potential. Hey, it's Bruce Abbott, you know, an organization such as ATD Houston or any organization for that matter exists for a specific mission. I just mentioned our mission, inspiring talent development professionals to achieve their full potential. And members are so vitally important to a chapter, but probably the most important person is the chapter sponsor. Now, why do you you say that? Well, you got to have members, but having a sponsor allows the organization to do really cool things. It allows it to provide benefits to its members. And today, what we want to do is we want to showcase one of our chapter sponsors. We are showcasing RightWise Communications. RightWise is a communications firm blending the art and science of business communication, empowering clients to transform ideas into clear messages. And we get to learn a lot more about RightWise today with its founder and president, Elise Isbell. Welcome to the podcast, Elise.
1: Thank you, thank you for having me. So
0: tell me more about RightWise Communications.
1: Well, we have been in business uh, 20 years actually this year, and we design and deliver corporate training. So we design training on any topic, And we deliver training on communication related courses like written, spoken, and interpersonal skills.
0: If it's communication, you do it.
1: (laughs) We either have that, we either have the courses in our standard course guide, or we can customize and create a topic. If it's something that's happening within an organization and they want to address it, we can develop a class that goes with it. That's the nice thing about having instructional design as well as course uh, delivery training, uh, because we can customize when a client needs it.
0: Uh, I noticed on your website, you do a lot of the micro learning as well, don't you? Yes,
1: we have over 30 micro learning classes. That has really become a popular form of delivery because it's it's short, it's fast, it's focused, it's one topic at a time. And these courses are designed to get in get some learning and get out. And that's very popular. It's very popular in a virtual setting and it's very popular in uh, an in-person training as well.
0: Yeah, you think about how time impoverished we are nowadays where every, every minute is just filled up. So to be able to, to provide that in such a nice compact time slot. Um, what, are, what are some of the examples that you have? Uh, you touched on it just a little bit of some of the, your micro learning courses.
1: Yeah, these courses work really well with lunch and learns, speaking engagements or quick, just quick refreshers, you know, where people can just get in and get some refreshed knowledge. Um, uh, One of them is uh, identifying toxic behavior patterns, commas. So we have punctuation, all the aspects of communication, reducing wordiness, getting to the point, leading the reader to action, executive presence. And uh, another one that we have is called Revealing Unconscious Language Code to to Promote Diversity and Inclusion. And that's a really interesting one because everybody's familiar with unconscious bias. We also have unconscious language bias. We have unconscious language codes that we use in our written communication and also in our spoken communication. And that can exclude an audience. One of the uh, first ones we talk about are colloquialisms. When we use colloquialisms, we exclude p- portions of our audience who may not understand that metaphor, uh, or that imagery, um, or that saying. They may not be familiar with it. So if they don't understand, then people start to disconnect from the message or disengage from the group altogether.
0: All right. So what are some of your favorite courses?
1: Uh, my favorite courses are the writing courses, I'll be honest. I like some of the interpersonal skills, but for sure the writing. Um, one of our my favorites is a sticky documentation. It's a course that really focuses more on a manager or an HR professional, and it teaches people how to write legally useful performance feedback using concrete descriptions. And it's very valuable. We've delivered it to several clients, and they um, have been able to integrate that knowledge into their existing performance management system, which is great. And we love that practical, useful, immediate impact on work. And that's part of one of our sayings is, you know, we design and deliver corporate training for immediate impact on work. If you can't use the concepts in, in our training immediately, that then I find it not useful. Uh, we don't have time in this day and age for theoretical. We may base a lot of our concepts in theory, but we want to use those adult learning practices and make something really relevant and and usable for our audiences. The other favorite I really like is reducing wordiness. We all learn to write by by analyzing wordy prose and a lot of the testing mechanisms um, encourage elaboration 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 the business world is the opposite we want to get to the point we want to um streamline our writing so our our readers aren't having to wade through that and we i have a little saying that i use in a lot of our classes that are writing and that is paragraphs are like coffins the bigger they are the more information they bury And so the the long paragraphs and elaboration we learned in school is not appropriate or or even productive in in a business environment. We need to get to the point. And so we have several classes that teach how to do that. And reducing wordiness is one of
0: them. Ooh, that's a good one. What are your most popular courses?
1: We have booked the most grammar refresher for business professionals. It seems like that's a popular one, no matter what age you are, actually. Uh, younger employees are are big texters. You know, they use text language. They break the language apart and use this kind of a code. <clears throat> Pardon me. And so we we, you know that grammar refresher is a good way to uh, raise people's awareness about the grammar concepts. And it's all very practical. Uh, We don't talk about gerunds and and indirect objects and direct objects, and we don't diagram sentences. We use the grammar concepts that help people be understood. Um, uh, uh, Some other popular ones, reducing wordiness is very popular. Um, Effective written communication is a very basic class. It's a four-hour class. It talks about how to get focused, how to tell readers what they need to know. If the reader understands that information flows, the workflow keeps going. If the reader doesn't understand that message stops or it goes backwards while you ask questions uh, to the writer. And so we don't want that. We want forward motion and workflow and effective written communication is a great class for that. And then getting to the point is also very popular and they all kind of go together and, and support you know, those classes really support each other and complement each other.
0: You have a lot of courses, and really, the market has a lot of courses. There's a lot of courses out there. What makes yours special? What differentiates Wise Communications courses from others?
1: They're practical. You're going to be able to use what you learned immediately. And they teach concepts that, that people can use right away. I mean, the moment you walk out, I've even had clients self-edit during the class. Um, I did a reducing wordiness class for a civil engineering firm, and they were revising their proposals with a group in Baton Rouge at the same time we were learning. Every time we'd learn a concept, they would revise their proposal. You know, so by the end of the class, it's just a three-hour class, but they had made huge changes to their proposal, and it was fantastic. And it was immediate, immediate impact on work. Um, the other thing that sets us apart is that it's in, our classes are interactive. They're not even grammar refresher. We have clients all the time who say, wow, this class, I, the four hours just went by like instantaneously, I thought it was gonna be boring. No, it's not boring. <clears throat> if concepts are meaningful and relate to your work, you're you're going to be engaged because you can see the benefit immediately and you can see how the concepts are are used and we use real writing like the proposal example i told you about i mean they were using a real proposal and they were rewriting it while we were taking the class and if that isn't useful i don't know what is and that really sets us apart um we don't we don't talk about concepts that aren't helpful to you. I mean, we don't talk about extraneous punctuation and, you know, diagramming. That's not useful. That's not useful for the modern business environment. So we, you know, we select concepts that change and support and correct the writing.
0: Yeah. You have to have that human communication, that connection between each other through the written word. Uh, Reading a lot lately about these AI writers and, and that's just a fascinating area. And it's a tool, you know, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's used well. I mean, you can hand me a power tool. It doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be able to build a house with it.
1: That is, that is very accurate. Uh, just because you have a text tool or an instant messaging tool or an AI tool or a chat GPT, just because you have that doesn't mean you're going to communicate effectively. Um, we have an explosion of tools in, in the mid two thousands with smartphones and all of that, and our communication. I don't know that it got any better. <laughs> the bad habits you have will translate into an AI. Pl- no matter what, an AI tool, and if you use the wrong verb tense, it's going to be the wrong verb tense. If you um, and plus, especially English, the English language is so nuanced. And um, it's fascinating. I don't know know, how things will translate across uh, other languages like Asian languages, for example. They don't have verb tense. They don't have past, present, future tense in the written form of their language. And so how does that translate when you're talking into something that you're now writing? And so, yeah, the same bad habits occur regardless of whether you whatever tool you're using.
0: Like we said earlier, it comes down to human connection and communication. It is. We communicate with each other, whether it's written, whether it's verbal. We communicate with each other as humans.
1: Yes. And you can lay technology all day long, and it's still yeah a, 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 a sender and a receiver. <laughs> Yeah,
0: exactly. So we could do a whole podcast just on that. I I do want to go back when you were talking about your courses. You've got the standard courses that you have in your course guide, but you do customization as well, don't you?
1: Yes. um, We customize training pretty often. A lot of times a client will want to deal with a specific issue, uh, like their internal dress code or their customer service or some aspect of their communication, like um, answering the phones or um, how to answer emails. And they'll want it to fit into their style guide or their uh, company expectations. And so we want to adapt to that. And a lot of times we'll customize to fit that particular situation. I'm about to do a training for a client that... It's their trainers themselves, and we're going to use their p- type of writing. Their, uh, so the, the proposal like, example I gave you earlier, we adapted that training to their proposals in, uh, it specifically, and maybe they're dealing with an email communication, uh, and they want to fine tune that, so we want them to bring email samples, or they write reports. Or they're they're inspectors and they do inspections. So we we really want to adapt to whatever kind of writing they're doing internally. And there is a fair amount of customization that goes along with that.
0: And you have instructional design services as well, don't you?
1: Yes. um, We design training materials that are instructor-led. So they can be virtual delivery or they can be in-person delivery, but they'll be instructor-led. So they're not computer-based training or the video training or any kind of that digital, uh, that type of training. Um, mm-hmm. And so workbooks, job aids, PowerPoints, facilitator guides, those kinds of materials. Um, we d- we divide the process into three phases. We start with alignment, then in alignment, we figure out what it is you want the reader, or not the reader, what do you want the learner to be able to do, and what do you want them to know. So we're really um, fine-tuning the. We're really fine-tuning the learning objectives, and a lot of clients they don't really know that answer to that, and so we spend quite a bit of time in alignment trying to figure out what do you want your people to know or do differently. Or no for you know new. And then we create a dashboard of deliverables. Is this gonna require a workbook? Is it gonna require um, a facilitator guide? Are you gonna do this in-house? Are you gonna do, are you gonna have other people come in and facilitate? Uh, Are there any extra training materials or experiences that you wanna add in, like on-the-job training, et cetera? That's where the dashboard of deliverables comes in. And then lastly is implementation. And that's where you roll things out. You do a pilot, and then you see what happened, you get some feedback, you make changes if you need to, and then you roll out the real thing. Sometimes Spritewise Communications, we deliver the training also. And sometimes the client just takes the materials and goes and delivers it in-house, whichever works best for them, and, and whatever kind of initiative they're they're trying to um. Accomplish. It's it's basically a condensed ADDIE model. We found that clients don't have a lot of patience for ADDIE. You know, they want to just one, two, three. You know, can we? What do we need to do? Uh, And so we kind of condensed that to a little more user friendly, uh, practical, uh, kind of design process. Well,
0: and tell me a little bit more about that that process. What is your process like?
1: Um, so lately we've done a lot of alignment projects, um, where that's where, that's where we stop. Um, and we'll hand a client, a long range training plan at the end of it. Um, because they really don't know where to start for some reason. Uh, I say, so what do you want the learners to know? I I don't know. So what do you want your people to be able to do? I don't know. So We spend a lot of time with that or identifying barriers and constraints um, to what, you know, how you're rolling it out. I remember working with a client that they wanted a long range training plan, but 80 percent of their workforce did not have direct access to email. And I said, I don't care what you do. That's always going to impact any kind of rollout you do any kind of communication because it was all being filtered like that game telephone. It was all being filtered through their, their managers on site. So the managers on site had all their own biases and their own uh, agendas, you know, and so they would kind of filter that information. By the time it got to those frontline employees, every site was different. Every site got a different message. And I said, Doing any kind of training is going to is going to be negatively impacted. So we've got to deal with that. You know, that's one advantage of being a, a communication expert. I think is just is also recognizing where some of those barriers and constraints are going to be. Um, you know, if you don't have a performance management system and you roll out a bunch of training, and there's no way to hold people accountable. That training is going to give you a bump in performance, but then it's going to slide right back, maybe even worse than before, because there's no accountability. So that alignment phase is really important. And, you know, we need to know the answers to those questions before we can start designing a bunch of materials, because it can waste a lot of time if, um, you know, you just don't want to put together a workbook and then think, well, what do I need to do? I mean, I helped a lady recently in ATD actually, and she's called me for some advice and she had her little training outline and everything. And I said, so what does your client want? What do they want? Do they want this? Do they want this outline? I don't know. And I was like, you need to find out what they want before you just go put things together you know, and so have that conversation. And I said, if you, if they don't know, that's okay. You can, you can walk them through that. Uh, you can give them suggestions, but if you just cre- you know, jump to the outline, then you'll do a lot of work and they'll do a lot of change making. So, you know, you can sidestep that little uh, part of the process. If you just ask those questions in the beginning, And then you can move to, and her outline, after she did that, her outline changed, probably 90% of that outline changed. So she went back and did a bunch of extra rework because she didn't know what they wanted. And neither did they in some cases. So, you know, they were able to have the conversation. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. It saves a lot of money (laughs) to do it that way.
0: So what are some of your favorite projects that you do?
1: Um... I like the kind of projects where we do writing analysis Um, where we take a bunch of writing samples. And I mentioned saving money. You know, a lot of clients they want technical writing. Well, our technical writing class is an 18 hour class. It's three days. And it's, it's very, very intense and also very uh, wide ranging in its, its concepts. And so I typically do a complimentary needs assessment at the beginning and I say, you know, send me some examples of your reports or whatever kind of writing you're doing. And when I do that, then a lot of times I will we'll put together a different collection of classes like um, I did that with a client recently. They wanted technical writing. They didn't even have the time to do it either. They were like, "We don't have time for eighteen hours." And I said, "Okay, so let me take a look at the writing, and we'll see what works." And we did getting to the point, reducing wordiness, a commas class, a couple of other classes, and we called it a technical writing, um, a customized collection uh, for them. And it fit in their time frame, and it targeted exactly what the writing deficiencies were, and that's. The most effective type of training is when you can target the problems or bridge those gaps that all of us in talent development are looking for. You know, if if you can find the gaps and and deliver classes that address those gaps immediately, then that's that is money saving and that is uh, the most ROI for your for your investment.
0: You mentioned ATD. You have been involved with ATD for quite a while, haven't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, 1999.
0: You've been in here solid since 1999. I have. You have been very involved with this chapter as well.
1: I have. I transitioned from education. I joined the marketing committee um, because I felt I thought that was the best fit for what I liked. I liked marketing. I was interested in it, and. Um, we created the corporate sponsorship program way back in the day, and I uh, then I served on the communications committee and the programs committee and different types of committees. Uh, I was part of the group that created the community training networks. Now they're known as GIGS here at the Houston chapter, and then I was president in 2009, and after that, I kind of switched to more of a sponsorship role. Because I know that the chapter runs on on funds. And, you know, they are a nonprofit for sure. But we can't run events and we can't do Mm -hmm. professional development activities without money. And the sponsorship program, you know, it is publicity for my company for sure. Um, But it's also an investment in the future of the chapter. And I, I know that our chapter runs better when we have that. We can send our leaders to the leadership conference. Uh, we can support our, our programs and our professional development. And because we have the cash, you know, the cash on hand and the money to uh, be able to do that. And we, can, we have venue flexibility. You know, if you want, if you have to book a hotel, you can. We we tend to look for ones that are, you know, free. Like last year's conference was at um, Memorial Hermann. They had great training facilities, and it was, it was the right price. It was no cost, and Mm -hmm. um, you know that helps us provide speakers. And you know, sometimes we get a big name speaker here, like Bob Pike or uh, Thiagi or. You know all these big names, and th- you can't do that without money. You can't, yeah. not, or not sustainably anyway. So I've always been a sponsor. I took a brief pause during the pandemic, as you can imagine. A instructor led training company uh, like <laughs> mine had to pivot, and so we spent some yes. time and energy doing that. But then we hopped right back into the sponsorship um, in 2023.
0: Oh, yeah. The COVID pandemic, I mean, it just changed everything. As somebody on the board during that time, um, it was crazy, uh, you know, going and pivoting to virtual and all the different things that we needed to do and make changes as the entire rest of the world did. But I really think that as the pandemic came to an end and we bounced back, the chapter has bounced back stronger. Members were ready to engage with each other and network and do things together and accomplish things and then there's the foundation of sponsorships that helps make all of that happen.
1: Yeah, it's an investment, you know, and I think disruptions like the pandemic can either rip people apart or bring them closer together. And from what I've seen, I've seen a lot of soul searching. I've talked to quite a few people in the leadership, but I've seen people I've seen the group and the conference last year was evidence of that where Everybody is pulling together, and they're trying some different things. They're taking a few risks. You know, we did an ice cream social, and it was cool. And we yeah, had it was fun shots, and we had you know some different things to kind of mix things up. And you, of course, we had the, the regular breakout sessions, which were awesome. And we had the, the the keynote speakers and the plenary sessions, and those were great too. And that's kind of the traditional conference, but I really appreciated how. There were some things that were added in that spiced things up, made it a little bit different, changed it up, made it interesting. And that's what it's all about. And when people feel comfortable and in their role and supported, they can do a lot more of those creative things. And that's why I sponsored.
0: I loved it. I I, I loved being able to get up and talk about podcasting there. It was great. It was it was right in my wheelhouse. I, I had a good time. Absolutely. And you're busy with other organizations too, aren't you?
1: I am. uh, I am a member of HR Houston, and I'm actually uh, speaking for their Gulf Coast Symposium coming up in July, so that's cool. Um, I'm a member of the International Association of Business Communicators. I really feel like I learn a lot about internal communication and marketing, PR, and all and those areas because I I do that because I own my own business, for one thing, but also they have a lot of best practices and they have a lot of content around um, social media and what is happening in that particular space and ESG and some of these sustainability and and trendy kinds of things of concepts. So I stay involved in that. The women's energy network. Uh, I'm I'm more at the end of my career. I wouldn't say end, but I'm I'm more at the autumn of my career or late summer anyway. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a lot of the women in the Women's Energy Network are right at the beginning, so it's inspiring. I mean, they're kind of competitive and they want to move up, and they're you know they're they're motivated and enthusiastic and energetic, and I love it. And so I get a lot of energy from that group. Um, and then, of course, the National Speakers Association, that's a new group for me this year. I, um, I've already learned a lot. I've gone to two uh, of their programs and fantastic. Um, Ross Bernstein was one of them and uh, Crystal Washington, who is from the Houston area. She was spectacular. And kind of learning, I'm not a true speaker. I'm not a a keynoter per se, although I could probably do just fine. Uh, I'm more in the training area, but I appreciate the way they've given advice about building businesses and using business processes. And so I appreciate that part. And um, yeah, good.
0: And you have some speaking engagements coming up soon, don't you?
1: Yes, I'm always booking. Um, on May 4th, I'm talking about identifying toxic behavior patterns, and I'm delivering that to the Brazos Valley Sherm chapter that's up in College Station. And then on May 11th, I'm delivering the same topic, identifying toxic behavior patterns um, at the International Association of Business Communicators. It's their entrepreneur group meeting, but everybody everybody's welcome. And it's at the it's at La Griglia. So how can you pass up a fabulous lunch? Of course, yeah. uh, and uh, hear about some very relevant uh, topics. And then uh, July twelfth, um, it's the, a little bit different um, title. The title of the. The topic is, uh, finding the wrecking balls before they destroy your organization, but it's the same content. I just spiced up the title a little bit for the Gulf Coast Symposium. And then we're constantly booking training. I just booked two additional classes this morning and, uh, we book training that's virtual and training that is in person. We still have about, um, half of our clients do, uh, virtual delivery because they have offices all over the United States. So they found the leap to virtual benefits their organization um, still, even though it's not a, the pandemic is not the reason for it. Uh, They're still able to deliver training and it is, it's instructor led. So uh, it's fun. I'm excited about those things and um, the different trainings that we'll be delivering throughout the rest of the year.
0: So if somebody wants to find out more information, where can they go?
1: Our website, uh, s.com. we have a wonderful instructional design and course guide. It's downloadable. It has all of our courses as well as how we work with clients in instructional design projects. So if you need instructional design or training courses, whether they be standard courses from our guide or customized courses that uh, we do for you, we're happy to help in any way we can.
0: There you go. Elise, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for your sponsorship uh, of the chapter. And uh, again, RightWise Communications. Dot com and uh, we look forward to uh, to seeing more of uh, Rightwise here at uh, at some of our chapter events
1: absolutely looking forward to it thank you
0: well thank you Elise and hey thank you for listening to our Train to win podcast and be sure to visit Tdhouston.org the chapter website you can learn more about the chapter you can learn more about sponsorships and uh, you can find out if you're not a member how you can become a member become a, a power member actually And you can also find this podcast. You can find this podcast also on places like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google and all the places where all the podcasts are hosts. We're there, I promise you. And that way you can never miss a show if you subscribe. So we do encourage you to do that. And if you found value in this podcast, hey, we'd appreciate a rating as well. Or maybe simply share it with a coworker, tell a friend, share it on social media, communicate, do it written or in person, there you go. Train to Win is a production of ATD Houston, and we will see you on the next episode.